Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland. If you are new to my podcast, welcome. I am so excited you are here. And I truly believe that if this is the episode that you are starting with, this is your sign. This is the confirmation that you have been praying for. Today's episode is all about how we, as believers, are to deal with disappointment. I tend to be the kind of person that likes to jump and build my wings on the way down. I have developed many incredible skills and adaptability. Is that a word? I'm not sure. And being able to adapt (laughs) in doing this and jumping and building my wings on the way down. However, I have also dealt with tremendous amounts of disappointment. Allow me a brief sidebar to explain why. There are three ways we live as believers. And when I say live, I'm, I actually mean live, as in doing the things that we do, living life, who we are becoming, all of those things. Number one, we wait on God. And although at first this seems theologically sound, this area is typically where the procrastinators and the perfectionists hang out. Those who tend to always be waiting for God could very easily be missing him altogether. They tend to be so focused on making sure and checking twice, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. This paralysis of analysis takes place and they admit the adventure that comes with living a life with God, taking those steps of faith, being led by the Holy Spirit, because they're so caught up in, but what if, what if it's not really him? It's that constant questioning. And that, that's the very first thing we learn about how the enemy works in Genesis is that seed of doubt he planted in Eve. But, but did God really say that? So sometimes waiting on God is really an attack from the enemy. It's that doubt, that uncertainty. And we miss that great adventure. It comes with living a life with God and taking those steps of faith. Step number two, we go before God. Yep. This is what I was referring to earlier when I said, I like to jump and build my wings on the way down. Whenever God inspires me or downloads an idea into my heart, I want to take action on it immediately. This exact response intensified after my dad died of Alzheimer's when he was just 63 years old. Subconsciously, I had created a timeline for myself. I needed to accomplish all that God had for me by the time I was 63. That was, that was just in my head. So I hastened to do everything. It wasn't from God. Nope. It was the enemy stoking the fire of the lie that I believed subconsciously, mind you, that my time was running out. 
Yes, God had given me the idea. Yes, God wanted me to take action on it and walk in faith. Yes, God wanted me to be spirit led, but he did not want me running out ahead of him, trying to do it all in my own time and in my own strength. That's never worked out for me. (laughs) I might get the results, but it wasn't anointed. I still was able to get from point A to point B because I was taking the necessary steps of action. But because I went before God, I experienced more challenge, more pain, more obstacles than I would have had I gone with him. Which leads me to way number three. We go with God. Yeah, this is the sweet spot. Going with God is where the anointing flows. You may hear people talk about being highly favored. Girl, you are highly favored too. You were already chosen, but the anointing, that almost ease that comes when you are working with God, that happens when you're being spirit-led. And being spirit-led requires action. Earlier, I talked about being inspired by the spirit. Being spirit-led is different. Being spirit-led requires actions. You must move. You must take those steps of faith but you're not constantly questioning if you're hearing from God. You're not seeking validation on your calling from all over everywhere. You trust that still small voice and you move with him. It is the greatest and most beautiful dance of your life. You don't run ahead because you get impatient. And let me tell you, I'm speaking to myself right now. This is always a message I need to hear. God is never early and never late. He is always on time. And his thoughts and his ways, they're higher than ours. Beyond our wildest imagination. And that always gets me because I have a very wild imagination. (laughs) I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. So when I read that verse, the God's ways and his thoughts are higher than mine. I'm like, oh, I really can't fathom that. He is working all things for my good. His promises are yes and amen. So I know that if I receive a no, an N-O, it's because he has a bigger yes in store. So take a second and just really Allow that to sit and soak in. If you have received a no, it's because he has a bigger yes in store for you. And you would think knowing all of that, that I would not struggle the way I do with running ahead of God. Again, God is dealing with some pretty deep heart wounds with me and it's taking time. I I mean, it hasn't even been three years since my dad died. It's taking time. And I think, I think I got it. I think I I figured it out. I think I'm, I'm good to go. And then something will trigger me. And I'll be right back where I was feeling like I'm running out of time. And that's just simply not the truth. And so I have to remind myself to stay in truth, to be with God, to stop running ahead. Heart wounds create blind spots. 
And I'm so grateful that, that I study the way that I study God's word, that because of this book that I'm writing on spiritual warfare, I am studying other authors who have done books on spiritual warfare. And I have a group of women that we can pray over each other and that we learn about God's word together. I have a spiritual mentor. I have a coach. All of these things come together to help keep me on the path that I need to be on. They help keep me with God. We are made to be in community. We are not made to do it alone. The problem is oftentimes we are in the wrong community. (laughs) We're working with the wrong people. You can't be inundating yourself with the ways of the world, trying to go about your divine calling trying to figure that out, trying to walk that out, trying to move forward and advancing the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. When all you do is surround yourself with the worldly ways, they're different. They're very different. And so I'm grateful through all of these different avenues. I am, I am on that narrow path. I am walking through that narrow gate. Heart wounds create blind spots. And it's important to not try and get together with people, to work with people, the right people to help you through those things. Yes, the deep, deep, deep stuff, that's between you and the Holy Spirit, 100%. I'm not saying, oh, hire a coach, hire a mentor, and and boom, just like that. No, it. It still requires that inner work from you and the Holy Spirit, 100%. However, these other avenues help reveal some of the blind spots that you haven't been able to see. And again, one of mine was that I felt I was out of time. And I didn't even know it. Again, it was subconscious. I didn't even know it until a coach helped me work through all that, all this rushing behavior, all this I have to have all this immediate one, our culture really promotes immediate satisfaction, (laughs) gratification, right? Instant gratification. And so working with somebody to really help unveil those blind spots for me has been huge. And it's a constant battle. It's a struggle, but I take it to God. I know what to do now. Working with my coaches helped me to develop those tools in my toolbox. And when something comes up, when something arises that triggers me, I look to my tool belt. Okay. What am I going to pull out right now? What's going to help me emotionally right now? What's going to help me physically right now? What's going to help me mentally right now? That's, that's the beauty of having a good coach that truly does want to bring out the best in you. Okay. Okay. I digress. Sorry. (laughs) So all that to say that because of how I have gone before God more times than not, I've had to learn how to deal with disappointment a lot. (laughs) I've had to learn to deal with disappointment a lot. 
I would think I was on the right track going with God. And then I would go patient and try and speed up my results myself. Cause I thought, oh, well, this is where God's taking me. So, okay, well, I'm just going to go do what I know to do. Cause it'll get me there faster. And like, even saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, that's so dumb. <laughs> like really, Julian, really that, you know, better, you know, better, but again, it's those heart wounds. But it reminds me at the time I was driving to the airport and I turned on my GPS because I knew the turn for the interstate was just a few miles ahead and I didn't want to miss it. It was a tricky turn. And if I'm not paying attention, it's easily missed. And even though I had driven this route so many times, it can sneak up on me. So I wanted to be sure I didn't miss my turn. So I turned on my GPS. Much to my surprise, the GPS was telling me to turn right miles before I knew I was supposed to. I was so confused. I thought, no, 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 no. I know where I'm going. Silly GPS. I'm going to keep going how I know to go. And you just tell me when my interstate turn is. Okay. So I'm going to keep going how I know to go GPS. And you just tell me where to turn. Okay, great. So onward I went, ignoring the constant turnaround, adjusting route, all those reminders, right? As I came over this big hill, I saw it. I saw the reason my GPS had been telling me to turn off a couple miles back. In front of me was a major traffic jam due to a wreck. The whole road was shut down. No one was allowed to pass. My turnoff point was visible through all the cars and flashing lights of the ambulances and the police cars. Yet I was forced to turn around. In an attempt to go my way, the way I had always gone, the way that I knew would get me to my destination, the way that I knew worked in the quickest route possible, it ended up costing me almost an hour of added time. God is our GPS. If he is rerouting you, it is for a purpose. And that purpose is not to cause you pain. That purpose is not to confuse you. That purpose is not to postpone you or keep you from where he's trying to take you. No, he sees what you can't see. He wants you to go with him to avoid the trouble ahead. He will send you warning after warning to reroute. But you are the driver of the driver of the car. You have to be the one to turn around. And here's the thing. I still got to my destination. I made it to the airport. However, I had to deal with the disappointment of literally running through the airport to get to my gate on time and not being able to stop for food. And I was about to be on a four hour flight. There are consequences for actions or inactions in this case. It wasn't God punishing me. It wasn't God keeping me from where I was going. No, I chose not to take the route and I had to deal with the consequences. I tell my kids all the time, there are consequences for your actions. It doesn't mean I love you any less, but if you disobey me, this is the consequence. If you continue to deliberately disobey me, then the consequence is more severe. The consequence is more severe if it's deliberate. So often I will see my disappointments, the consequences that I'm dealing with as a withdrawal from how God loves me. Like he's holding out on me. 
I truly felt Proverbs 13, 12, which says hope deferred makes the heart sick. I would feel like God was holding out on the goal I was hoping for the one that he dropped in my heart in the first place. And that sickness followed the sickness that followed was self-doubt, disappointment, and depression. To this day, I still fall into this mind trap of lies. Thankfully, as I was talking about earlier, I have developed systems and, and people and habits to get me out of it quicker, but it still happens. The number one way I have come to deal with my disappointment is to embrace the presence of God. That's where true peace exists. The other is to do what he has purposed me to do. And that is advancing the kingdom, being a woman of faith and adding value to people. I show up in this way for myself, my family, and my clients, and I'm able to climb out of that pit of despair much faster. Is it easy to show up for my clients and help them overcome their obstacles when I feel trapped by my own? Not in the first few seconds of the call, it's not. Every excuse under the sun is running through my mind on how I can get out of the call. But the minute my clients start sharing with me what they are going through, my selfish brain turns off and the Holy Spirit leads me to hear, see, and understand my client to be able to best serve her and lead her to her breakthrough. It's anointed because I'm going with God. That's why it works. Everything else fades away. And I am in his presence, helping his beloved daughter. I have the best job in the world. I'm filled with so much gratitude after I get off a coaching call with my clients. That disappointment, that discouragement, despair, depression, all those things that I had been feeling, they are now the furthest thoughts from my mind. So how do you deal with disappointment? As believers, how are we to deal with disappointment? Number one, get in his presence. That's where true peace exists. Number two, obey your calling. Taking steps of faith with the Lord brings the anointing. Way number three, focus on the gratitude. You are fully known and deeply loved and you are chosen. Remember, if you've received a no and you're disappointed about it, it's because he has a bigger yes. And I get it. Sometimes it's really, really disappointing. It's something heavy. And it feels like, again, God's holding out on you or he's withdrawn his love from you. Those are all lies from the enemy. Focus on his presence. Obey your calling. And focus on the gratitude. And again, if you are having a hard time, if you find this challenging, if you struggle with this, you're not alone. We're not meant to do it on our own. That's why God has me doing the work that I'm doing is to help people through exactly this because life shouldn't have to be so hard, a hard life, challenging, stress, feeling like life is unfair, being confused, being stuck in your conditions and circumstances. That is not the life that God has for you. You have the keys to the kingdom and you can be 
advancing the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. You can be living into the promises of God right here while you are still on earth. And I love helping women to receive that breakthrough. Again, that's what God has called me to do. That is the purpose. And I absolutely love it with everything that I am. And I'm so grateful to be able to do this work. I would love to hear how God has spoken to your heart through this episode. Please feel free to share with me over on Instagram at the Julianne Kirkland. And if you would like to know how you can work with me on a one-on-one basis, click the set up your free discovery call in the link show notes below. Don't go another day not pursuing who God has created you to be. You are worthy of all his promises. That's all I have for you today, my friends. Remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.